This is the Big Sports Brekkie, Ben Way alongside Michael Clark and Laurie Daly taking you through the morning. Been a good show thus far. I've loved all of our guests. Davo was on the line prior to the break and we did get some clarity from Ben the Marone via the text line. The reason why the nipples was discussed on Saturday was in regards to a half marathon and the chafe. You've always got to remember to put the Band-Aids on or the Vaseline on. Have you guys run a, a half marathon or marathon before? Never. Right. Never. Well, trust me, that's a mistake you only make once. Yeah. Doing a run of that sort of nature without some kind of vas or Band-Aid there. On your nipples. Oh, yeah, they bleed. Okay. Yep. I believe you. Okay, thank you. Mm. Anyway, that's how it came <laughs> up. For those who thought that was exceptionally random. Sure. Hey, we were talking boxing bouts and fights that people would love to see. Yes. And finally, people have stopped sending in Michael Clark versus suggestions. So now we've gone down a different path. Racing New South Wales versus Racing Victoria. Oof. Wouldn't that be... So that would be who? PVL. So Peter Volandis against Andrew Jones. And he's the CEO of Racing Victoria. Did you did you ever work with yep, Andrew Jones? Yep, he was CEO of... He was, he was he, New he, South Wales he, cricket, First he was... Uh, I don't know his role at Cricket Australia. He was under James Sutherland, working for Cricket Australia. Yeah, he was head was of strategy captain. there. Yep, and then yep. he went to Cricket New South Wales CEO. Yep. Mm. So you've had a, for a, a bit to do with him. I don't think that's a bout that's going to get off the ground. I don't think there's many that uh, we've spoken about that are going to get off the ground. But good in theory. And again, for a good cause, raise some money for charity. So I think the one we do know that is going to get off the ground is Lukey Marlowe versus someone. we just I, got to find the opponent. I like Stano as an opponent. DS. Yeah. Nah, DS is not nah. fine. And you can't, mate, you can't go heavyweight and... <laughs> Wath a thin weight. There's got to be some sort of, you know, middle ground. What about uh, what about Manto, Anthony Manton? Physique-wise, I think. And Marlo. Yeah, not too different. That's not a bad shout. That's I reckon. Not a bad shout. I don't know where my money would be there. I think it'd be with Anthony. I reckon Luke is going to. I reckon no, he's going to be better than you think. I yeah. reckon. Right. Yeah. If his brother's as good as they say he is, he's been around it. He's done training. Mm. I reckon. And again, he's not doesn't need to. He's not fighting a heavyweight. I think in his weight division, he'll hold his own, Lukey. I'm backing him. There's a lot suggesting the Buzz Rothfield and Gus Gould fight should get off the ground. Keep the text coming through. Loving the suggestion. Buzz, buzz fighting anyone? Anyone nah. with his mouth? Yes, not with his fists. No, you're right. Mind you, the pre-fight media conference <laughs> would know, be I'd a be, sight to be. Maybe home. that's all they do. Yeah. Hey, Chris Hartley has a big night ahead. Of course, he's a Brisbane Heat selector and mentor. And they've got the final tonight, 7.15. The game gets underway at the SCG. The Sixers up against the Heat. And the Heat were fantastic against my strikers, which was a little bit of a shame. But good morning to you, Chris. You must be excited ahead of tonight's game. Morning, guys. Yes, it's going to be a great uh, great finish to what's been a very good BBL. And um, you know, you've got two form sides that uh, are going to go head-to-head, so it's going to be a cracking game. Well, Chris, I-, I watched the game the other night and I saw Josh Brown score 140 in one of the most amazing innings I've, I've, I've seen. But I-, but I don't know too much about him. Can you, can you fill me in? Yeah, look, if, if, um, you know, if people have been in and around the Brisbane uh, Premier Cricket, club cricket scene, um, he's certainly not new to them. He's, um, he's been plying his trade with... North Cricket Club, and, and he does that in club cricket quite regularly. Um, so he's been on the radar um, with the with the I suppose the next level, you know, in around Queensland squads and, and the Brisbane Heat squad. And um, you know, I think any time you, you find someone who's got that type of power game, 
um, you know, it's, it's something something pretty special. So he um, he was part of the Brisbane Heat last year, and I think he gave everyone a little bit of a taste of what he could do. But um, the other night was that was just something else, wasn't it? I mean, it was um, it was one of those things that as it was unfolding, you just sort of were thinking, is, is this sort of really happening? And I think even he was. He was um, almost surprised himself, but gee, it was it was pretty incredible, wasn't it? Hart, uh, great to speak to you, buddy. What um, what do you do now in regards to this this final? Coming to the SCG, playing against the Sixers team that um, really their experienced players, their older boys, have been significant in getting them to the final. What do you do in and around your eleven? Is everyone fit? Is everyone available? And do you see many changes? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, we've got everyone fit and firing, which is a plus. Um, I think the the key will probably be, I guess, assessing assessing what's right there in front of us, both in terms of the conditions and, and the matchups. And that's something that you're doing in, in T20 cricket, you know, almost game to game. Um, I guess now, in, in hindsight, the, that we've managed to sort of keep a reasonably um, similar lineup across the tournament. That was probably not necessarily by manufacture, but it just sort of played out yeah. that way. But um, you saw in the last game, we, we had the very tough decision um, you know, to, to leave Mitchell Swepson out, the leg mm. spinner, who's obviously a, a class bowler. Um, he's having a good tournament himself, so it certainly wasn't performance-based, but it was to do with sort of lengthening our batting um, and playing the conditions. And we knew that that Gold Coast drop-in was a little bit um, challenging for the batsmen. So, um, you know, that's what we're going to have to do in Sydney, have a look at the, the pitch that we've got there. Um, and, and have a look at those matchups, and um, I think you know it's, it's going to come down to that. So, but the plus side is we've got fit players, and um, it's going to be some tough decisions again. Yeah, Chris, the BBL obviously it's all about entertainment and all about you know trying to make as many runs as you possibly can. But the Sixers have got such a good record at defending small totals. What what is about their game, and why do they do it so well? Yeah, look, Pup touched on it there. They've obviously got um, some excellent experience. They've got not only the experience, but but it's a core group of players who've played a lot of cricket together as well. I think that's been um, a bit of a formula for both the Sixers and the Scorchers. They've kept a, a good core group of domestic or local talent um, and then and then complemented it with, with some quality overseas players. So that sort of thing comes into play because then you've got teammates who know each other's game, who trust each other's game when they're put under pressure. Um, so that's certainly been something. I think, um, you know, the other thing is um, they're a very well-planned side. They, you know, they obviously do their homework. Um, and, you know, when, when you do that, you, you give yourself every opportunity when you get into those pressure moments. And um, low-scoring games or, or finals, that's typically where it's a real arm wrestle. And, and more often than not, um, you know, you get confronted with a pressure moment and it's who, who sort of um, holds their nerve for longer. And the Sixers have, you know, obviously got a good record doing that. Um, I think this heat side's really starting to come together. Last year, they obviously made the final. Um, they'll be better for that, even though, obviously, the disappointment and the sting of that one losing to the Scorchers last year will be in the back of their minds. But at least they've been there before, and that, that's going to be good for them come tonight. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, Hart. As a selector, how important is it for you to try and keep a similar squad year after year? And do, how does it work in with the heat? Are, are you... Are you looking within? So are you looking for Queensland players first and foremost? Or is it at a stage now where you're so open that when it comes to BBL, it's very separate to first-class cricket and you don't mind taking players from, from any state? No, I think, I, think you look, I think you look everywhere these days and I think you've got the resources that allow you to do that. Yeah. Obviously, when you've got talent from your backyard, you've got probably accessibility to it a little bit easier. But 
ultimately these days you've got to look beyond. And I think the plus side is the players these days are very open to um, moving around as well. So um, that makes it a little bit easier. But yeah, I think I think in this day and age you've got you've got people out there scouting. They're looking at all sorts of competitions. We've we've got a couple of analysts who. You know, I, I don't know what they managed to do in, in the rest of their day because they're looking at cricket all over the world in all sort of all, all sort of competitions. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're, they're busy having a look at that sort of stuff. But um, look, in terms of trying to keep a, a similar list, I mean, ultimately, um, it's a, it's tricky because you do want to try and build that continuity, but you also do need um, your, your, your players who are on the outside of that to be ready to go if you do suddenly have to throw them into a pressure situation. So it is a bit of a balancing act, I think. As I said, we, we, we've sort of kept a very similar lineup um, for the first half, certainly the first half of the competition, um, which wasn't necessarily by design. But um, we had a couple of forced changes, obviously, with, with Manus and Usman coming in and out at various times and then our overseas players disappearing. So you do want a little bit of change. Um, but I think, you know, stability is also really good as well. The competition as a whole has changed, reduced a touch. If you were to make any additional changes, what would they be and, and why? Do you feel as though the changes that have been brought into effect this season have had the impact that maybe Cricket Australia were after? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, what you want in a competition is, is enough time for, for the, the best teams to get some momentum and to show, show, show where they sort of sit in the pecking order. But um, you do also want to make sure, at, you know, that each game has context, so you don't want too many games. So I think they've started to get the, the volume of the cricket right. I think something that I'd like to, to, you know, for them to consider, and I think I've heard this a couple of times in commentary now as well and just around the traps, is I, I think the draft concept with our overseas players is, is quite good and exciting, and uh, I don't think anyone's got a major issue with it. But I think one thing that could be good to look at is, is just the option of how can we get or commit some of our overseas players to more than one season? I think it's I think it's you know great that we get different talent. It's very difficult, obviously, because of the international schedule. But you know we, we've seen quite a few players who who are putting the bums on the seats and they're performing, um, but they're disappearing off to these other you know other T20 competitions. And I don't think anyone can begrudge players doing that. But I just wonder whether, particularly for these overseas players, if if they had the option to sign on for a second year or third year. Um, you know, whether they might forego some of those other international comps and hang around. And then all of a sudden you've got, you know, for example, with the game tonight, you've got Munro, you've got Billings, you've got Vince all available to play. So it um, could be something for, the, for them to consider. But I think the, the duration of the comp is definitely something they've got right this year. It's going to be one hell of a culmination tonight. I can't wait for the final and I'll... Well, to be honest, we've had guests from both teams and I've lied and said that I'll be cheering for both of you. But either way, I'll just be hoping for an entertaining game. Yep, fingers crossed it's another cracker. This is the Big Sports Breakfast, Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Ben Way. The guests just keep coming. We're going to have a chat to Josh as a party very shortly indeed. He's already on the line. We'll get to him in two ticks, but text flooding through with more suggestions for boxing bouts, and this one did get me smiling. Lizzie Jelves up against Emma Friedman. That would be a sight to behold. Ali Mosley up against Kian Dickens. Now, I was thinking I would back Ali against almost yeah. any opponent, but Kian Dickens, that could be one hell of a scrap. Well, be careful. You've got to work with Ali. You've got to back your mate. Mm-hmm. You got to, You can't be putting doubt in Technically, her mind. Technically, I work with both of them, but I work, more, work with, more with Ali. Yeah. 
See, Ali. You see Ali all the time. Well, Ali's got a. She's got this, uh, this anger, this hidden anger. People right. don't see it a lot on TV, but right. I tell you, behind the there. scenes, yeah, there's a lot of I anger. I think most there. people have hidden <laughs> anger, don't they? No, 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 not to this level. <laughs> oh, right. She's got a bit of spice to her. But I, I have you met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get, know. Get past 40 and you got most things. <laughs> now, as you guys know, I get annoyed by a lot um, and unnecessarily, but I reckon Paul's near on taking the cake this morning. Boys, when asked a question, why do people respond with, oh, that's a great question? It's just a bloody question. What's so good about it? Miles? Oh, mate. Paul. Paul. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. As I said, I get annoyed by little things. A couple things. of cornflakes. Just but, have some cornflakes, Paul. And but... <laughs> Chill pill. But that one... We don't know why. I like it when people say yeah, that. Yeah, it's nice. Question. It's a little compliment. Well, Thank when you people for say saying that to my question. question. I feel 10 foot tall and bald. Yeah. It actually the chest comes They're just reminding you in case you <laughs> yeah. thought your question was... And you give a bit of a head crack. Right. Yeah. They told mm. you it was a good one. Yeah. yeah. It's Nothing good people skills. Hey, quick one just before we get to Josh. <laughs> quick one. There used to be an Adelaide <laughs> Crows seriously. coach, and I won't name him, um, but, but this Adelaide – no, 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 no. No, this Adelaide Crows coach, whenever you would go into a press conference, I worked out that he'd clearly gone to get some training, some media training back in the day, and they must have said to him, to buy yourself time, have sentences like, that's a great question – or repeat their question back, things like that. But I noticed that he was doing it repeatedly. So you could weasel words into your question knowing full well he would repeat it to really? buy himself time. So you could say, oh, was, um, this isn't a good example, mm. but how would you describe Pittman's performance in the ruck? Would you say it was pathetic? And he would say, would I describe Pittman's performance in the ruck as pathetic? No, no way I would say that. But there was your grab. And you were sitting there, you know, oh, this is in my fox right. days, thinking, bam, See what there we, we had go. to deal oh, with. I know. Little These tricks the, of the trade. Yep, yep. These are the type and, of And what relationship did you have with that <laughs> Every coach. day, hook, line and sinker. <laughs> what relationship did you end up having with Never that Never spoken coach? again. <laughs> no, do you, know, do you know it's funny. <laughs> if you ran into him in Adelaide at a bar, oh, mate. would he single you out? <laughs> oh, if I saw him, we would have a laugh about it because after about a month of doing it, he realised he what was going yeah. on and he came up to me before a, a media conference and he said, hey, just a heads up, I'm on to you. Yeah, I got and you uh, we had a good chuckle about it. But you're right, you can never trust these journos, can you? Josh, as a party, that's a lesson he's going to learn deeper into his career, I'm sure. But at the moment, he is absolutely blossoming and all of the news is good. A surprise win over Rowan Browning in the 100 metres in the 10th annual Illawarra Track Challenge in Wollongong earlier this month, and it is a huge year in the world of athletics. It's great to have you on the show, Josh. Well done. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. We say it was a surprise. We say sprung a surprise. But to you, I'm sure it wasn't so much of a surprise. So just tell us how you built up towards that win and what we have in store for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a work in the, in the makings. I mean, you know, obviously Rowan's been the top dog in Australian athletics for a couple of years now. So um, everyone's trying to knock him off that perch a little bit. So, and I was happy to come out and, and run well. I know, you know, my training's been going really well at the moment. So, um, but yeah, now, now we just move forward with the next competitions and see what happens from there. Uh, Josh, again, that competitiveness against Rowan, is it, uh, is it something that I guess inspires you or drives you to get better or, you know, I just feel like in sport in general, sometimes we don't acknowledge enough 
either someone that's you know might be better than us or we want to beat or we do beat like that friendly competition can sometimes bring out the best in us yeah definitely um i I agree with that 100 percent. especially in a sport like um track and field where it's literally you know the work that you put in is the results that you get out so um you know, knowing that Rowan is the best, I've seen how hard he works. So he's a work, he's a hard worker. So then I just go back to my kind of training training venue and you know try and put that work in as well. So yeah. Mm. And you talk about the hard work that you have to put in, and it's hard to increase speed when you're, you know, very fast like like yourself. But how do you? Or, 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 what do you look for to improve with your speed? Is it about technique at the moment? Is it about um, your, your training, what specific stuff are you working at at the moment to bring your time down? Yeah, it's a definitely a fine line in, you know, not overworking either. Um, so we've incorporated some new things into our training program, like the usage of like overspeed and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's a thing where it pulls you like faster than you possibly can run. So your body can adapt to that. And then when it comes to race day, you're able to run at that, that velocity. So um, we've incorporated a bit of that into training and then also just, you know, some smart programming around, you know, your rest days and, you know, when you hit PBs in the gym or PBs on the track just to have a bit of a deload week after that. Uh, Josh, can I ask why have you picked a track? It seems like you're, you're very, very gifted a number of different sports and you've been offered opportunities. What is, is it about running that you love? And, and it must be a very different thing for you, you know, doing athletics versus say playing rugby union or rugby league with that individual side versus team side. Yeah, no, I was playing footy when I was younger, Um, like uh, rugby league when I was younger. Um, And I was also dabbling into athletics um, here and there. So, but you know, it's just that feeling of hitting your max velocity and absolutely flying down the track that, that I love. And Yeah. yeah, as you said, it's the individualness and, being able to get the results out of the result of the work that you put in. So um, it's just really rewarding and, you know, you kind of just get addicted to that feeling. Uh, Josh, this is more of a holistic question and feel free to say great question, Ben, before you answer it. (laughs) (laughs) When when I was watching sprinting at, at, I guess, my sporting love peak in the mid to late 90s, most of the sprinters were bulky. They had huge steroid dramas. They were... They're absolutely enormous specimens, pure power, whereas now we seem to be going down a path where everyone's a lot more streamlined, lighter, uh, quicker, faster out of the blocks, and maybe you have to give away a little bit in maybe top-end speed. I'm not sure, but it just seems like there's a completely different body shape to what we saw 15 to 20 years ago. Is that a fair assessment, and what, and what is that down to? Yeah, I mean, that is a great question, to be honest. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean... Back then, as you said, with all the, the drug drama and all that stuff, you know, you'd have your bulkier sprinters who would be that explosive kind of runner. You know, they'd get through 60 metres absolutely flying and then their momentum would carry them to the finish line. But nowadays, um, we have more sprinters kind of dabbling into the 200 uh, worldwide, which means, you know, the top end speed has to be a bit a bit more better. You can't be too bulky to run 200 metres because you can't hold on for 150 metres after you use your all your explosive power. So um, it's kind of just, yeah, the two two events working together in, um, in you know, the results being what they are. Josh, obviously it's every athlete's dream to go to Olympic Games and we've got Paris coming up in six months. 
How do you get on that track and field team? What do you have to do to get there? Yeah, so I mean, the simplest way to get on is just to run the automatic qualifier, which is 10 on the dot. So it's 10 flat um, and your automatic selection to to go to Paris. Um, and then Jeez, there's also another... It is, yeah, yeah. absolutely flying. Yeah. So, And then there's also another another uh, path through the World Athletics like rankings. So you've got to be ranked top 56 in the world, uh, filtered to three per country. Um, so, you, you know, you have your five best races. They have all, they all have scores and stuff, and then that's average, and then that's your, like, world ranking. So, um, yeah, if you're sitting in the top 56, like, within, like, top three of your country, then and you're also selected. Okay. Can you tell us the role that the New South Wales Institute of Sport has played in, in your development and maybe an update on the, the facilities and coaching that they have on offer? Yeah, no, it's really world-class there at the moment. So, you know, we obviously have a few um, world champions in there through all different sports. So um, they're real up to scratch with that kind of stuff. Um, I was really, really struggling last year with some injuries and, um, you know, I, I was in and out of Swiss a fair bit, but now, now I'm fully in in Swiss and I've been working, like, really closely with the medical staff there and the biomechanists um, there to help fix, you know, some some technical errors and some incorporate some new exercises to help me strengthen everything else up. So, yeah, no, it's been, it's been really well for me. We're going to be following your journey closely. Best of luck throughout the course of the year, and we hope that you remain a friend of the show, Josh. Cheers, guys. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Keep the text coming in, 0419767272. A suggestion, Wall from Scone. Morning, boys. The winner in the bout between Ali and Kian. The winner should fight Chantel Buckley. Now, that would be a scrap as well. I don't know out of those three who I would have my money on. Uh, we did have a strange one come through. I saw asking for a pronunciation on Olympic gymnast uh, Corbett. Now, I didn't know too much about her. I remembered she had a nickname as like the Sparrow or the Darling of Munich, but beyond that, I didn't know too much. Olga's her first name, so for whoever was asking that, I don't know if I've missed a joke, uh, but either way, it's Olga Corbett, uh, for those wondering, the Darling of Munich. Anyway, we had a text come through from Mike Knights. He said, those things in the kitchen drawer that shred... Jeepers. Shred cheese. That's a great question. So his humour is going as well as my speech this morning. And Newman versus Jerry Seinfeld was another suggestion on the boxing bout. That is one that's been going for a couple of decades. And on the boxing, Anthony Manson sent me a health update because I did suggest him as a potential sparring partner for Marlowe. He said that he slipped a disc in his back at the gym. When it comes good, I'm in. Wow. So if we get confirmation from Luke, that one could be on. So does Anthony do a bit of boxing, do we know? I don't know. He's fit as a fiddle. Slip disc, he's not doing much for a while. (laughs) He's got six weeks recovery. He's similar sizes. He's he's ripped, Anthony. Never a hair out of place. Always at the gym. That that might be the fight we can promote because they're similar size, same age, or similar age, are they? Well, the problem is... Marlo a bit younger. I'm well, not sure, actually. I'll get myself in trouble saying that. Because Marlo's younger than what you think. I don't know. The, yeah, so that leaves, that leaves Dave Stanley without an opponent. And we did have a suggestion come through. DS cannot be fighting anymore. No, Dave no Stanley, wait for it. No way. He's a lover. Versus Richie Callender. <laughs> no. Those two can no, commentate well, the fight. Well, Rich, <laughs> Richie would well, no. be close to 50, wouldn't They're he? not fighting. DS is not fighting anyone. Have you seen, um, we've talked a lot about the golf on a Friday night. 
Richie, as I understand it, was a very good junior golfer. Really? Jeez, he hits it cleanly. Yeah, really? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, he's he's actually very, very good. But I don't know about the, on the boxing front. Hey, let's scan through some of the results from overnight that we haven't touched on for a little while. So in terms of the tennis, Novak Djokovic threw, threw to a 48th Grand Slam semifinal. Just let that sink in. 48 Grand Slam semis. Uh, Yannick Sinner, who's the world number four, won his quarterfinal against Rublev. And that started about 10.42. And there's been a lot of conjecture about the scheduling of that match and the women's, for that matter, that nearly got forced over to Margaret Court. Arena Sabalenka, she took her winning streak at Melbourne Park to 12, straight through to the semis with a 6-2, 6-3 win against uh, Krejcikova. And then Coco Goff will face defending champion Arena Sabalenka in her first Australian Open semi, having come through a big test against the Ukrainian. That was against Kostyuk. 7-6, 8-6 in that tiebreak. 6-7, 3-7 in the tiebreak. And then 6-2 in the last. And in the mixed doubles, Olivia Gadecki and Mark Polmans, they're through to the semi-finals. They beat Nathaniel Lamons and Gabriela Dabrowski 6-1, 7-6. In terms of cricket news, we touched on Will Pekowski, Pat Cummins has certainly created headlines, but as was mentioned by Michael Clarke, if you're the Australian cricket captain and you get asked about Australia Day, if you make no comment, it's a story. If you say it should stay, it's a story. And if you say it should move, it's a story. Uh, Virat Kohli, for the Indian cricket fans, he's withdrawn from the first two of India's five tests against England for personal reasons. Let's start today. As uh, in, good question. It w- which would be this afternoon, our time, which will be tomorrow, India time. I think that'll be a cracking series. Five test matches, Basbor v. the Spinners of India. On paper versus Spirit oh, of Cricket. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. India to win, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how England compete in those conditions with their – how does their Basbor – be extra positive against India's spinners go. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, imagine the satisfaction? Well, you probably can. You've near on been in that position, but the satisfaction of retaining the Ashes and having all the chat about the spirit of cricket, and then winning a World Cup, and having all the chat about how on paper India is a better team, and it should be a best of three, best of four. If you are the well, team that's winning, yes, correct. That just must well, make you feel. Winning's everything. Ten foot tall. Mm. Winning's everything. There's no doubt about it. But I think I think we have seen for a long time in cricket that uh, winning in your own backyard is a lot easier than winning away from home. So that's I reckon that's your great indicator. If you can win playing away, um, that's a you know that says a lot about you as a team. And then the one off tournaments, the the made the maximum pressure tournaments, which is a World Cup. Mm. That says a lot about your team as well. And for Australian cricket for a long time now, we've, you know, we've managed to be able to find ways to win World Cups. And, um, you know, although we didn't win the Ashes, we retained the Ashes. So, you know, that's still a lot better than losing the Ashes, let me tell you. I know it can't happen, but I would love to see the holder of the Test Championship defend it. In their backyard. In their backyard. backyard. Uh, but I know it can't But it's happen. a huge advantage as well. Because that, that's you, what I mean. You, so, well, but for example, Australia. Well, but, but you have to beat the champion. I reckon 
to win, you, you, you beat that. the champion. So but, then you but, play but the tournament minus league... the champion to see who plays them the next. No, 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 no. no. The champions, no. So, so, no. so Australia, concern, Australia, my only concern, Loz, if India hold it, yeah. let's say India hold it at the moment. Yeah. Now you've got to play India and India. Yeah. I don't think at the moment a team is beating India and India. Uh, possibly not. But don't you think that that would have... Well, it's so it's significantly I, I know that. different, I, I know it's in, different. In, in that country. But, but more, would it be more significant to beat them over there Definitely. for a test championship? Well, that's why I'm saying if Australia play England yeah. in – sorry. If Australia play India in England, mm. uh, without disrespecting India, well, Australia, so should, Australia win. should win. That's exactly If Australia right. play anyone in Australia, Australia should yeah. win. Yeah. But, but if India play anyone yeah. in India – you know, I, so I, I don't know if that's—I don't know if you'll yeah. ever lose the Test Championship once you got it. No, but you might. But it maybe. might add more interest. Yeah, maybe. It, maybe. it just might be that. And you know the other you, thing to win. To you're not going to find a middle venue that no. suits both no. evenly. No, no, like no, no. England doesn't no. suit no. India as much as it suits no. Australia, yeah. where they just played. Yeah. And New Zealand beat India as well. I think the year before in England. Yeah. So conditions, yeah, it's hard to find somewhere that meets in the middle. So I don't mind it. No, I don't I, mind your theory. I, I, I'd like to see if you win it, you host. Yeah, I don't Until mind Until someone beats you, you get it every year. So there's no qualifying. Everyone else qualifies. 3 p.m. tomorrow. Everyone else qualifies except for the 3 holder. 3 p.m. tomorrow is when that test starts. Tomorrow. That's uh, what you asked me, wasn't it? 3 p.m. as in 3 p.m. Thursday? I believe so. Okay. Yes. So, same time as, or oh, hang on, when's Aussies start? When's our test match in Queensland? Friday. Starts Friday? Starts Thursday? Well, the time zone's going to be perfect for us to probably watch the last two sessions of India versus England into the evening. Yeah. But do they start, does Australia test match against the West Indies start Thursday or Friday? I start tomorrow. Let me. Because I reckon that means, that means they'll start at the exact same time. So we start at three. Because it's a day-nighter. Yep, Tomorrow? Correct. Exact same time. Starts Thursday. Yep. So both test matches start same time. Football news. So we briefly touched on that. But the Socceroos, if you get a chance to have a look at it, I mean, we've described it as a controversial penalty. I think we can be pretty clear in saying <laughs> it should not have been a penalty. Wow, but we were lucky. We were. So the Socceroos have secured top spot in their Asian Cup group with a one-all draw against... The very impressive Uzbekistan, who were unlucky not to take that out. In rugby league news, Benji Marshall, well, it's an early baptism of fire, isn't it, as the head coach of the West Tigers, David Nofaluma. His time at the club is done. 300,000 was the figure I saw spruiked there. But either way, departing the club. Uh, the Rabbitohs have re-signed Mamazoulos, Peter Mamazoulos, on a three-year extension through to the end of 2027. And in AFL news, it was a little bit worrying, actually. I don't know what exactly has happened with Stevie J, but an incident involving a, a gate and a knife. Somehow he's injured himself, but quite severely, and ended up wow. in hospital. So certainly we're thinking of the Norm Smith medalist and the triple premiership cat. So a freak accident with a knife uh, that was life-threatening, apparently. So that's a, a little bit oh, of AFL news. Okay. And Joel Embiid uh, threw 70 in, if you don't mind. So he and Wemben Yama met for the first time. Philly 133 against San Antonio 123. That is a quick up update on the sporting news. And I didn't even mention the golf slash tennis slash cricket. Ash Barty, who's a champion across a couple of codes, 
is actually going to be playing down there in New Zealand, uh, which is fantastic. She said it's going to be a nerve-wracking experience. And I seem to remember she was asked about her sporting passions, whether it was tennis or cricket one day, and she said golf. Golf, yeah. So she gets to live out a childhood dream playing in a tournament down there, a competitive sporting comeback, albeit as a celebrity on the course there in New Zealand. Good to have your company on the Big Sports Brekkie. We are getting towards that time where we start to look forward and see what's coming up throughout the course of the rest of the day on this network. Steve Hewlett's up north and has a big show ahead, I'm sure, Steve. Thanks, Ben. Yes, I'm looking forward to talking to Andrew Seabrook from the Karaka Yearling Sale or New Zealand Bloodstock. It's going to be a special day, isn't it, Saturday with... You know, that boutique program, I think it all kicks off at Ellerslie at 20 minutes past four New Zealand time. And even in that first race, you get to see Grishetti, you get to see Blake Shin, James McDonald, Orchestral, Molly Bloom, Clash. It's going to be a wonderful race day, the last at about 25 past seven. And then the sales kick off on the Sunday. So it's going to be quite massive for New Zealand racing this weekend. And I'm um, looking forward to talking to Andrew Seabrook about some of the you know, expected top lots at the sale. Also, Angela Davies. We know Angela's strike rate's one of the best in the country. She's got a, a favourite in the last today at Gosford called Coco Dreaming. We'll talk about uh, Kobe's son, of course, and just to how she got involved and uh, who did she learn off, basically. Angela Davies. We're also going to talk to Sarah Ryan. She's got a great strike rate. And David Fowler's not far away from chatting to Tony Gollan and Matthew Dunn. They are both in the winner's circle in Brisbane last Saturday, of course. Big show ahead. We can't wait. Thanks very much and enjoy the rest of the day. We're going to have a chat to Dave Stanley in two ticks and he's been suggested to be in about eight boxing bouts over the course of the next year so he might have a a big 2024 ahead. But keep the suggestions rolling in. A few have suggested that I should get in the ring with Ali Mosley. For those who ever watch Black Bookers, you'll be well aware that I fight a few rounds with her every Thursday at 7pm, and trust me, she wins the vast majority of those. Uh, That is an interesting story with Stevie J. A few people sending through their commentary on that front, but until we hear further information about it, and certainly not for us to be commenting, but uh, if he is in fact as bad as has been suggested... Uh, We hope that he recovers and recovers quickly. Uh, This one says, Morning, boys. Dave Stanley would have trouble winning a shadow boxing match. That one from Bowie from Newey. Dave, I don't know what you think about that. 100%. uh, I'll tell you something, Benny. I'm a lover, not a fighter, mate. Now, Dave, Marlowe fancies himself, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, look... uh, After yesterday with the chauffeur and that horse What about the ride? Um, where, where did he finish, Tommy? I think he was finished fourth. Fourth. It had nothing to do with the ride, though. But to go down there for one ride, the horse you've got to win. The horse isn't any good. Well, good enough to win that race. But Tommy anyway. must have thought it was pretty good. I don't know that he did. He, no. DS, when he was speaking to you on radio yesterday, I believe he said if you watched its recent form, there's no way yes. you could possibly back it. Yeah, how it all unfolded, Loz, was that the horse is owned by the trainer's really good best mate. And Tommy was contacted by Michael saying, I need you to go to Queen Bianne. And Tommy thought it was a stitch-up. Yep. And Michael said, no, 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 it's a, I need a solid favour from you here because we want to be able to, you know, um, get the horse down there and you to ride it and whatnot. Uh, but then what obviously what happened unfolded, didn't win. But what I am going to suggest punters do is follow Tommy when he rolls into the Autumn Carnival because... 
he will no doubt be riding some good horses for Team Hawks, and I reckon that was the trade-off favour right. going to Queen Bean yesterday. And how was Marlowe's trip down there? What did he have to do? Just drive and say nothing or just keep him company? What was Got the... no idea. Got, all, all I they know left is he... early, though. They That's left early. But he drove He drove Tommy's car. It's the greatest ever. I thought that he was driving his own car, but he got there and then jumped in the Lexus, yep. which Tommy, I think, is sponsored by Lexus, and uh, got to drive the car. So didn't even have to pay the fuel. Didn't do anything. So it was uh, a bit of an experience yesterday, Queen Bee. But also, too, that horse, isn't it funny as Aussies? Now, I don't know if this is an Aussie thing, or maybe, you know, you guys are well-travelled around the world. Maybe it's different. But as soon as that was all unfolding yesterday, you had some in the corner of, I would love this to win. I love Tommy. I love Marlowe. Mm. But then a large majority of people that was on social media and even on the text line, I hope this gets rolled. I hate Tommy. I hate Marlo. Um, and you know, uh, people then putting out tweets saying, "Well, I, I hope this. I hope this horse is no good. Uh, I'm going to back something else." Picasso's dream, which won the race, it's a better horse. Watch it. Like it's a funny, funny thing. Is that an Australian thing? Yep. Or is that yeah. a... Very much so, mate. Yeah. Where it, has that come from? It's I know a version is... of Tall Poppy, isn't it? Oh. It's sort of a a sideshow to the Tall Poppy. Yeah, we but just... it's also where is when it come your from? mates when are doing it, it as well. Yeah, mate. I, where... I'm, I'm I'm in the pub. I'm you death want your riding. Mate to lose. Yeah, mate. I'm death riding. <laughs> that's what I mean. Mate. It's a, it's oh, see that's it, poor form. Yeah. But is it, is it a punt? They're doing okay. it to me. <laughs> Righto, but see, this is where this is where I find it interesting. It seems to be, and I'm probably opening a can of worms here, but it seems to be in relation to money because if you were with your mates, Loz, yeah. and your mate was having a crack and trying to maybe flirt with someone or do his best or whatever, yeah. you're not death riding him in that way. You're encouraging. Yeah. But if it's to win a bit of Keno, if it's to get yeah. a trifecta or something. Well, it's just the way we funny? are, aren't we? We're wise. Nah, Loz doesn't want you to win the meat train, mate. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. He doesn't any, want you to win any prize? Yeah, no, nothing. Any prize? Well, we're sharing the prize. <laughs> yeah, then he wants you to win. It's all good. But if we're not sharing, yeah. and I've backed a horse, you've backed a different horse, of course I'm death riding. 100%. See, I think. But you'd be wrong. death riding me, wouldn't you? Yeah. Hey, Dave, as you know. <laughs> what if about you're... this? Hang on. What about this text, Ben? Hey, DS, according to your missus, <laughs> you're an average lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was about to ask you. Yeah, that's, that's what we get. That's Hang on. No, no. It just should be, hey, DS, according to your missus, you're an average lover. That's from Georgia. That one's been sent. <laughs> oh, jeez. It made me laugh. How good. That's, you know, but again, oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, I love the, it. the thing is, I, I didn't appreciate it until I came to sit in this chair. If you're ever getting ahead of yourself or you're feeling oh, good about here. yourself, come 100%. and sit in the chair and have a read of the text line. Because the text line's are, sensational. But uh, as, I, as I have always said about this, and I'm all for it. If you if you're going to throw it out, you've got to cop it. So true, um, you know. Mm. Very, hey, uh, that's very, the best very true. Celebrity <laughs> boxing bout. Just to wrap up, celebrity boxing bout. You would love to see any spring to mind. Boxing bout. Oh. oh, the one that I quite enjoyed was um, Mosley against Dickens. Oh, so it's a sky racing. That'd be a scrap. Well, no, it can be from wherever. I don't know. Oh, I have to have a thing. Oh, to be honest, I haven't. Uh, I've only picked up on this in the last sort of five ten minutes. So, well, Anthony Manton's taking on the challenge of taking on Marlow. Yes, so Manton, Manton v. Nah, nah. You probably more Nick Burney v. Marlow. I'd say more. That'd be more like for like, wouldn't it, Benny? Uh, no, Nick's Nick's too lovely. Again, he's he's like Davo. He'd accidentally hit you, and then he'd spend the next. Ten minutes apologising yeah. for it. I'm hey, trying um, to think. We were having a discussion too. Bradley about... v Duff. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. We we were having a discussion about age as well. Where 
Um, I think the question was who was older out of Manton and Marlow. As it turns out, there's a there's a fair gap between. Yeah, them. Manto. I won't, I won't uh, suggest which way that goes, but there is a fair gap between them. And Michael, he's been married, Manto. You know that. I'm going to dub Michael. Nothing wrong with that. <coughs> well, same. Dub me in with what? Same. Yeah. I'm going to dub um, Michael in. What he said if anyone was misleading in terms of their age to actual age, it was Stanley. No. Yeah. I, well, in the same breath, yeah. I said Dave Stanley definitely looks older than me. Yeah. I'm only, yeah. Well, you know I'm only 26, boys. Yeah, DS is 26. But I'm 42. I'm not 26. DS looks older than me. He doesn't look old. He doesn't look 42. Dave Stan- okay, if I stand beside Dave Stanley, you're telling me I look older than DS. Yeah, Pup looks younger. I definitely look And you look know younger. what? So you should. You're pumping at least $1,000 a week into your family. <laughs> oh, 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 excuse me. Don't <laughs> talk about my personal life on air. <laughs> no, but so you should. Like the, the amount of products. I should have worded that better. Don't tell me who I'm pumping. <laughs> but excuse I'm just, me. I'm, no, I'm just saying there's a lot more product going into. Shut up, man. Get out of here. Yeah. Wee, I'll wee. put these headphones down and that's out of line. That's well, good... no. I was talking about the product. I bet you were. Yeah, sure, mate. That's, good. that's a good note to finish on. Enjoy the day. cardio, boys. See you, boys. See you. Yeah. cardio. <laughs>